We're back with another episode of the 11th Hour with Engage Work Faith. It's been a little while since our last episode was released. We're glad to be back in the swing of things this time around. This episode, I'm joined by Aaron, who's actually a good friend of mine. I've known Aaron a long time. So welcome, Aaron. Great to have you along. Yes, thanks for inviting me. Uh, how long have we known each other now? Oh, it's got to be most of, most of our lives, a good old 30 odd plus years. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually very thankful today that I get to ask the questions so that Aaron's under the spotlight. <laughs> we get a chance to talk about Aaron's work career, his thoughts on work today. But before we get straight into the topic of work, why don't you tell us a bit about what you do when you're not working? What do you do to, to wind down or relax? Uh, well, I am a bit of a musician, so I sit down and play the piano a fair bit and that helps me uh, relax and... Um and uh, my wife's getting me into a bit of gardening, so I'm uh, enjoying that, getting out with a shovel and yeah, digging up things. Turning into the green thumb, that's good. Today, it's all about work, so we're going to stay focused primarily on the topic of work. And I thought it might be interesting, because lots of people do some pretty rubbish jobs, some pretty yeah. tedious jobs when they first start working out of high school. What were some of your um, first jobs? Yeah, this brought back some uh, fond memories. Uh, while I was still at school, I Dad would always get us out to get a bit of extra pocket money and um, uh, from picking apricots to working um, with a, a dairy farmer. Uh, I also worked with a bricky and a builder, so carting loads of bricks in the stinking hot and you know packing shelves late at night, working through the night. Yeah, all those sorts of things are definitely of a... Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just recall um, hearing about your tales from work and they're often dirty jobs yeah. and um, sweaty jobs. Um, yeah. I remember you were a, a piano mover for a while, is that oh, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that one. But, <laughs> but yeah, moving heavy pianos up flights of stairs, uh, yep, that was not a good experience. Yes, I did actually assist you on one of those jobs and I thought you weren't being paid enough. So <laughs> grand piano up narrow flight of stairs that's uh that's danger money there mm. um so what i noticed though is there's a commitment to hard work and the way you go about things yeah. where do you think your work ethic comes from yeah it's a good question uh my dad well my grandfather was a was a um tanner for the for his whole life <laughs> and would work in a tannery and uh was committed to that and my dad um when he left bible college he studied uh, the bible uh, I was getting paid a short, a small amount of money with them, and to make up the rest of his finances, he would work two or three other jobs uh, initially just to bring in the finances, and and um, that really impressed upon me. Uh, just that work ethic, and Dad would often, you know, quote, you know, say, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat, sort of thing, and and uh, loosely quoting Paul, but but it was something I I had observed that Dad was willing to work hard to uh, provide and um and uh yeah it's definitely rubbed off mm, yeah so it's a family connection from your grandfather to your father yeah and i've noticed your work ethic even the way you've always helped me out on home projects yeah. um, i remember retaining walls going up here and you one night staying yeah. too late with your lovely wife waiting for date night i think it was and you were that's right pushing me on to go further yeah. and um, i was checking with you and saying shouldn't we quit you know you're supposed to be going um, so hopefully on that night you didn't sleep on the couch. Did it go okay? No, it, it went well, and I've and I've still got a retaining wall at my place <laughs> that needs to be done. Okay. So so 
That's right. Let's keep the interview about you. Just remember yeah. that. <laughs> Aaron's work ethic. Um, and let's talk a little bit about where you've gone from there with your career and your work. And currently you're in the medical field, but throwing my mind back to your thoughts on hospitals in general, I don't think you're always fond of them. So can you tell us about how you felt about hospitals uh, early on? Yeah, good question. Um, uh, right up to my sort of early 20s, I, I was absolutely paralyzed with fear at the thought of hospitals. It stemmed from, the, stemmed from uh, when my grandmother died on my mum's side. Uh, I walked into the hospital setting to go say goodbye to her. And I saw something and uh, I went white in the face. I had to go back out to the car. And it paralyzed me to the point that I actually didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my grandmother. And uh, a couple of years later, uh, my dad's mother ended up in hospital and I tried to overcome it and took one step into hospital, felt nauseous, sick, and missed out the opportunity of saying goodbye to her. But it was, ever since then, I just, up until my, into my early 20s, I was just paralyzed with any thought of blood or, you know, sickness or pain. Mm. Yeah. Because I remember, I think, the second part of that story, but I didn't realize the origins of um, some of that yeah. fear. And now you're in the medical uh, field. Um, step us through, I guess, the process of how you came to changing your mindset. So you work yeah. around hospitals every day nearly. It's, it's crazy. And I actually, uh, part of my job is as, an, as a bit of an educator and I, and I have to, I, I talk to new starters and I share this story with them. Uh, a bit as well, uh, just to give them some perspective. But um, I never, my mum is a nurse and um, uh, I have other family members that are in the medical field and and I never th thought that I would ever go that way. I mean, my history wasn't necessarily great. And I'd finished um, some Bible uh, studies and I had multiple unrelated people at times come up to me and say, Aaron, have you thought about nursing or thought about, you know, the medical field or thought about, you know, anything like this? And I thought there's, there's no chance I could get into that. But then I had other, other unrelated people just come up and ask me these, ask me the exact same pointed thing. And I thought, well, you know what, I'll give it a, I'll, I'll see what happens. I'll put my application form in. I signed the, the, the SATAC form. I went for the two year postgraduate degree thought there's no chance I'll get in yep I got accepted and <laughs> and um uh it's just kind of amazing how it's just all sort of uh yeah so let me unfolded. just break in there and ask another question so you've signed the form and you got accepted were you how confident were you that you were going to go through two years and be okay at the end I of was that? I had zero confidence because I I, I I I did it as a bit of a joke actually because um and my parents weren't in favor of it because they knew my history and said, Aaron, you're sort of wasting your time. But I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get away from the fact that, that multiple unrelated people had put this upon me to go that direction. And I thought, well, I'll give it a, give it a go. Having just previously done some theological training, did that sort of impact how you approach what work might hold for you it in did. that next step? Yeah. It did because, and as I just finished my my degree, um, the question is in the exit interview, 
is uh, so where to next, you know, full-time ministry or uh, whatever that might be. And um, uh, I didn't know. And so I just decided, look, well, if this is a God thing, I'll take the step and see what happens. And looking back, you've been in the field now for quite a few years, so it seems to be turning out for you. Yeah. Were there any points along the way where you had some of that old fear crop up again? Uh, good question. I I still remember my very first... So I'd, I'd done some, some training and I still remember my very first day of placement. And I parked the car outside of the hospital and I... I spent maybe five, 10 minutes in prayer and just said, look, I have not stepped foot in the hospital ever since, you know, and th that was many years before, before this point. And I remember walking up to the corridor and the doors opened of the hospital and I stepped in and I had absolute peace. I've been in the medical field for over 10 years now and not once, and this sounds really strange, but not once have I ever felt queasy, felt sick, felt paralyzed with fear, um, ever. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's a God thing. Yeah, and I do recall at the start, there were a few doubters that thought this might be a wasted two years of study. So that's really yeah. quite amazing to hear mm. that. Um, your confidence, I guess, to test the unknown yep. in um, stepping forward and then to treat it as something that God was directing you in and, and pray your way into it. That's great. Really good to see because that's what we're about exploring is how does your faith in Jesus impact mm -hmm. your work? And that's a great example. I think it's also a good point to highlight that sometimes people get the impression um, full-time Christian ministry or full-time Christian worker is, is the pinnacle of God's calling. And yeah, I think you're a good example that um, God calls us to many different things and, um, would you say it's it's kind of being open to what God has is, is the important part about where he's going to direct and and use your gifts? Yeah, my dad my dad always said, you know, you can't steer a ship unless it's moving, you know. So I was sort of in the process, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and wait. I'm just going to head in a certain direction. And, uh, yeah, God opened doors, and uh, that was certainly um, a, a door that's opened for me. And I, 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 I can say honestly that it, I love my job to bits and I can't see myself doing anything else. That's quite an amazing thing to say after hearing the background story there. Mm. So let's go to how your um, theological training sort of impacts your thinking, how your faith impacts your thinking. Um, tell us a bit about how you felt the medical field was a good fit for the why of why you should be working. Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, probably two things that, that stand out to me. The first thing is that um, I was always convinced when I studied theology that um, theology wasn't just for pastors, but it was for uh, the stay-at-home mums, for the plumbers, for the electricians, for the, you know, for whatever area of work that you happen to be in, um, that theological training was for everyone. So I, I never went into that thinking that I was going to be a, a full-time full ministry, but I knew that it was for to better equip me. But secondly, um, in regards to my particular field, as I know this doesn't relate to everyone, I always felt that, that people need their spiritual needs met, but there's also a massive um, physical needs that need to be met. And when, I, when I think about Jesus, you know, he, he would often... 
uh, spend a lot of his time uh, healing the sick and caring for those physical needs at the same time meeting their spiritual needs as well. And so for me, it just seemed a great opportunity to, to mix the spiritual with the physical in this capacity and it's uh, worked really well for me. Yeah, it's a good reminder. You've just prompted the thought of Jesus um, stopping his disciples and saying, we need to feed these That's people. Right. You can't yeah. send them home. You've got to feed them. You can't yeah, just exactly. give them the, the good news. Yeah. That's a great point to make there. What sort of big picture impact does um, the biblical picture of work have on how you think about work? Yeah, so uh, we, we, did spend a, we did spend a little bit of time thinking through uh, what sort of workers we would be and what that would look like because you know when you when you think about uh, work doesn't doesn't necessarily define us as people followers of Jesus and you know living for him is is our is our number one occupation and what I do what that looks like here throughout the week uh, can look very differently for very different uh, people mm. and so um, it didn't matter if I didn't end up in the medical field and um, ended up doing something else. I think my work philosophy and attitude would have probably stayed exactly the same. It would have. We recently just did a little bit of um, team uh, vision planning for the next three years, and one of the sort of the key um, questions that we want to ask was an answer was why do we do what we do, and it was a very high level question, and the answer was because faith in Jesus transforms all of life. And that's, that's what, right. what I hear you saying there yeah, is yeah. Um, doesn't matter exactly the occupation. If you're that's right. um, living with God in view, then it's talk, it's more about, it's about the how of what you yeah, do as well. Yeah, exactly right. The why and the how, which yeah. is a good lead into the next question. Um, how does that then influence how you go about what you're doing? Yeah, that's a, it is a good question because... Um, uh, I, uh, and, and I'm not perfect at this, but I think one of the things in the workplace is that uh, we are to somehow display Jesus as best as we possibly can. And um, uh, that, that might look like rocking up to work on time. It might look like the conversations that you, that you uh, talk about. It might look like uh, your work ethic that we've talked about before. Um, it might look like um, you know a lot of a lot of those those practical uh, things that that happen in the day to day field, but it's it's just a, it's being different from uh, the uh, having different desires and different motivations from the other people that you work with that it stands out enough that people say, hey, you know, I can see Jesus in this person. Mm, and that might be the fact that at that moment, they don't know what drives you in that. Yeah. But it's certainly going to open conversation. Is that what you found a little bit as yeah, well? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the point that I was trying to get to is that, um, yeah, the how, the, the, the way you are at work uh, should prompt them to, uh, to want to peel back the covers and say, you know, why, why is that a big deal for you? The way that you mentioned first up that I'm not perfect at this. I think it's a good encapsulation of the Christian mindset in the workplace and hopefully all of life is that it's a growing process, isn't it? It's a yeah. transformation yeah. taking place bit by bit um, and that humility is part of the how you go mm -hmm. about it. So that's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about um, routines, perhaps preparing for work or at work that 
keep your faith in view, your faith in Jesus at the front yeah, and center. Good. Yeah. I've, um, uh, I've spent it. My wife works in a similar occupation and it can be, can be difficult at, at times, but we have, we made a point to, um, right off from, from the get go to have set responses to questions. And one of the most common responses for us is what did you do on the weekend? And we, we have talked about making our default response uh, be, oh, we went to church and we did this and we heard about this and we discussed this. And it's sort of when, when that becomes your default response, it just makes it, you know, you're not, you're not hiding behind that you're a Christian, hiding behind that this is um, a big part of your life. Uh, the, the other thing that, that I, I do try and do in my workplace is I will, if I feel that the time is right, I'll, um, I'll, I'll ask to pray for patience and I'll, I'll um, just say, look, uh, would you like me to pray uh, for you? And um, no pressure. And probably nine times out of ten, they say yes, if you think it'll work. And so, but for me, that's just a great opportunity to share some love and to say, look, I care for you and because Jesus cares for you and um, I'd love to be able to minister to you in this way. I'm picking up on the first part of your response there where you talked about the routine of keeping in mind you're a Christian, it's what you, you do outside work as well. I'm imagining that's easier when you are properly enthusiastic about that aspect yeah. of your life. Is that what you find? Yes, that's very true. Yes, most certainly. Are there, without getting too detailed, but are there, there moments and areas where you find you've got to be on guard because you know it's gonna, it could slip here. You might, um, you might want to react in a way that's the old Aaron, as it were. Yeah, hundred percent. I uh, another another thing that I put into place uh, early. Um, was uh, making an effort to sit in the staff room uh, to have my lunch because I, I'm, I'm a fairly quieter sort of guy and I'd often go back to my office space and eat while reading emails and catching up on things like this. But I wanted to be amongst people that I worked with and that's where the general conversation comes out and the TV is on and, and the news uh, comes up. And uh, But it can often harbour some pretty tricky situations pretty tricky questions at times the response if i'm sitting there is oh aaron you're a christian uh how would you how would you respond to that or what do you think about this and i can think of some multiple tricky questions that they've thrown at me over the years and i think the first the human response is to want to go back into your shell and just avoid it and i think that's where you just got to be careful there is a time for silence and a time to uh to sit back and say, you know, I just don't know how to best respond to that. It's very, it can be quite um, uh, tempting to want to respond in the flesh and, uh, yeah, hide behind the fact that. Uh, it must be a, a bit about um, being wise in the moment of when to engage, because I'm sure some questions are supposed to poke you a uh, bit. To... You know what? <laughs> there, there are some particular work colleagues that, yeah, uh, they love it. And, you know, we have a bit of banter as yeah. well. But, yeah, the questions are not genuinely interested in my response, but they just want to... <laughs> poke the bear. Poke yeah. the bear. <laughs> yeah. And that just throws back to to the statements on, on how you go about things. So how you engage in the banter 
um, keeping your sense of humour and recognising when yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interaction just about engaging with you, not necessarily about uh, religion or theology and all those things. Yeah, that's about right. Your faith. Yeah, that's but great. I think I think uh, if I could just make a comment interject mm. on you there, I think that's what's so important in the workplace as a Christian is that if they can see that that you're not that you that you are happy to have a bit of banter and you are happy to engage with them and that you build actual friendships and relationships with these people. Yeah, he's a Christian, but He's willing and free to interact and engage with us. You know, that really opens up doors to then when you have that serious conversation uh, that you've got that rapport and you can really uh, hammer home Jesus. How much does that tie into spending time with them? Like it, it seems like for you that happens spending time with them outside of official work, you know, the lunchtime. Does that extend for you outside of that as well? Yeah, it does. So um, I've recently, well, not, recently but over the time over the time i've made effort to catch up with work colleagues outside of work i my the gym that i go to i catch up with four of my work colleagues and we work out together and uh, interestingly enough i've had the opportunity to share about jesus and my faith and the gospel in depth with two of them uh, which i wouldn't have had in the space of work um, and so yeah that's been a really important part of my uh, working life well, conversation and um, hanging out with people, working out together, that's part of the physical uh, camaraderie and community we need yeah, as people. So right. I think you're sort of speaking the general human language when you spend time with people. Especially like, when, they're, when, they're, when they're spotting for me on the chest press and I'm <laughs> going for my PB. I don't want them to drop the weights, weights in my chest. So, yeah, put a lot of... Uh, that's right. You're building trust. You're building a lot of trust. Yeah. You don't get that on the team building day at work. That no, only you happens don't. in the gym. Yeah. Um, you've already mentioned about prayer. You talked about yeah. praying before you went into the hospital for the first time. You talked about asking if you can pray for people in the workplace. Yeah. Um, can you talk a bit more about prayer and how it plays a role in your work? Yeah. Personally, uh, you know, prayer, prayer has become a big thing of... Um, of before I, I go into work and throughout the day just just helping um, settle my heart and how to respond to things but from a work working perspective I have actually really been challenged the last couple of weeks I was chatting to a work colleague who wants to start a prayer group in the workplace um, and then just a short you know 10 minute um, we don't have a lot of opportunities to get out but in sort of double staff time where there's a bit of overlap of about an hour get away for, for 10 minutes and be able to invite others into that space and, um, and pray. And it's not a, it's not a foreign uh, concept within the hospital because um, we actually have a prayer hall and chapel on, on site where multiple faiths go and, and spend time uh, praying. So mm, I think that's really important to, like you say, to reset in the middle of your day. And that's what we do through... Engage Work Faith with our two or more prayer groups. Um, Cheryl, just the, the brief plug for the day, Cheryl's actually in the process of trying to start some medical groups yeah. up. She's got a few contacts and quite a bit of interest there. Oh, fantastic. So this episode is produced by Engage Work Faith and sponsored by yeah. Engage Work Faith. Yeah. So that's your advertisement for the day. So if anyone wants to um, connect in their workplace where they haven't yet made yeah. a connection, they can go online on the website, Engage Work Faith. 
Org.au and fill in yeah. the contact form and Cheryl will get in touch. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and most definitely um, uh, let them know and myself as included be a part of that. So Yeah, um, and I know Cheryl's keen to try and work through how do you do it when you're a shift worker? How Because you know, yeah. it's hard to overlap. Um, yeah. So that's the conversation she's wanting to get engaged mm-hmm. with people and find out how it works best. Fantastic. Um, so if anyone's listening in and you want to do that, feel free to contact Cheryl. I'll handball you to her. I've got one more question for you. I'm very thankful you've joined in today. It's, I've actually learned a lot about you having an intentional conversation <laughs> instead of talking about the footy or yep. the NBA draft, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which our wives would eye roll when yep, we're together. That's right. Um, but the last question for today is if there's a young, um, let's say a Christian worker in this case, and they've just finished their study or their apprenticeship and they're about to step into a role, mm-hmm. which is their first opportunity for full responsibility, what is your advice to that person as they approach uh-huh. you for guidance? Uh, well, two things, if I, if I have that liberty. Uh, the first, first one from a, just a practical perspective, and I think this, this could apply to, to the non-Christian as well, is, is uh, work within your scope of practice. Um, know, be very be conscious of what you don't know and ask questions. Um, I'm always concerned as a... As an educator, I'm concerned of the staff member that doesn't ask questions mm. but continues on with his day. I'm worried that he's doing something he doesn't know how to do properly. And So you um, could say that in the medical field, you should definitely not fake it till you make it. Is that exactly, what you're saying? <laughs> exactly right, yeah. So, so yeah, work within your scope of practice and, and um, let uh, the let challenges and stuff, you know, don't, don't not push yourself outside of that but do it under supervision and and let yourself organically grow if that's if i can use that that Mm. terminology the second thing uh and just very quickly is um i was reading in in ephesians uh six um a couple days ago and i was impressed by just after he talked he talks about obeying bosses and work and and in the work workplace he says, "Be strong in the Lord and, and in the strength of His might." And then he goes, he 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 goes on, and the last thing he wants that he talks about is prayer. And I keep coming back to that, but I think for any new worker, I think it's so important to start the day just just with a word of prayer, asking God to to to, to enable you to be a good worker, uh, enable you to to say and think the right things, and uh, enable you just to 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 show Christ, you know. And so um, that would be my the two top tips, which are great. Well, Aaron, it's been a lot of fun to chat. So thanks for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for inviting me. You've been exploring how faith and work overlap on the 11th Hour podcast. Check out our website, engageworkfaith.org.au to find resources on the topics we cover and keep up to date with our latest events. Thanks for joining us on this episode.